The pod class panel is in session. I'm your host, Rebecca Marjoram, and welcome to Podcasts as a Pathway to Professional Learning for Shaping the Future 2021. Today, we'll be discussing why podcasts are a great strategy for professional learning and hear about how this idea is currently being brought to life in a Bachelor of Education class this semester. Um, today, I'm joined by Elizabeth Tingle, Lisa Taylor, and Dana Fulweiler to talk about their involvement in the creation of the pod class, which is a recently launched podcast as a collaboration between Everactive Schools and the Workland School of Education. We'll also hear their perspectives on learning through podcasts and how this type of flipped classroom approach can benefit well-being. Um, before we begin our discussion today, I'd like to acknowledge that we're virtually meeting in Treaty 7 territory. It's the traditional and ancestral home to the Sutina, the Iyahi Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley, and home to Blackfoot Confederacy, including Kainai, Bigani, and Siksika, as well as Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Um, as a settler in Mokinsis, or Calgary, I would like to open our session by situating us in this shared space with each other, with all of our relations, and recognize that relationships are a core part of my work at Everactive Schools, and also a common theme in our pod class series, Conversations on School Health. Um, so with that, I would like to introduce the pod class as um, the foundation of the conversation that we're gonna be having today in exploring how podcasts can benefit um, just our well-being um, as an avenue of professional learning and also how this idea came about and how it's being used in some really exciting ways. Um, so I am going to stop sharing and zoom us all in. Boom. So um, I figured we could start with some introductions of all the people on this session. Um, Elizabeth, you can start us off if you could tell us who you are, what you're up to, and your favorite ways to take care of your own well-being. Sure. So I am a teacher. I always identify with teacher first. Um, I taught with Edmonton Public Schools and Calgary Board of Education, and I'm now an instructor at the University of Calgary in the Comprehensive School Health and Wellness course at the Workland School of Education. And I have three school-aged kids, so they influence my perspectives as well. And the things that I like to do to take care of myself are going for a walk outside. I like my daily constitutional, <laughs> um, often listening to podcasts while I go on a walk. It gives me some like alone time. Um, it gives me outdoor time. It gives me exercise and then I'm learning. So it's like a really efficient way to take care of myself. And then the other thing is journal writing. I started doing that about five years ago and I can't not do it now. Like I literally can't go to sleep without writing my journal. It's just a short little entry about like what I'm grateful for and sort of processing how things went that day, but it makes a huge difference. That's fantastic. And that's also a nice combination between physical activity, but then also just like self-reflection and um, yeah, I love that. I think that we can get at a little pigeonholed whenever we think about well-being into avenues of physical activity and nutrition. So nice Absolutely. to see your broad perspective. <laughs> Um, how about you now, Dana, if you could tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Dana Fulweiler. I am an educator and consultant like Elizabeth, um, teacher first, I always identify with. Um, so I taught grade seven through 12 with the Calgary Board of Education. Um, I've been with them for the last 15 years. I had the honor of participating in the pod class, pod class in two ways. So as a guest on one of the episodes discussing educator well-being, which is a huge passion of mine. And I'm also a sessional instructor in the BEAD program at the U of C and assistant instructor at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, for well-being this year, I finally really started prioritizing quality sleep and being really intentional <laughs> with the routine around it. I've really been struggling with sleep this year and getting adequate sleep and sleeping through the night. So among the different things I've been trying, one is one that lots of people talk about and I know was a good idea and I just didn't do it, but leaving my phone outside the room and just disconnecting like an hour before bed and it really helps. <laughs> um, so I'm just really focused on like putting into practice things I'll actually do. So what's realistic and manageable, like 
a tiny tweak like that or a daily walk um, and really trying to be intentional with the connections that I make every day too, especially in the year that we've had. Fantastic. Yeah. I think that the intentionality is so key, especially, yeah. yeah, in the year that we had, it's like, you really need to make an effort to reach out to people because, you know, incidental run-ins really don't happen whenever you don't leave your house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, Lisa, your turn. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lisa Taylor. I'm a second year PhD student at Workland School of Education. I'm, um, I'm also an instructor at uh, the University of Calgary in Workland and also at Memorial University as a special instructor. I'm, I come from a background in teaching physical and health education, K-12, um, mostly at the high school level, but I also got a chance with the younger, the younger kids as well. really love that. Um, and I'm a mother. And uh, yeah, I often um, focus on my wellness. I think in part due to my background and awareness of how important it is. Uh, I am committed to daily physical activity. 20 minutes a day. I'm on like day number 500 and something in a row. Uh, so I'm on, I'm on a good track and, uh, I love to cross country ski. I love to winter bike. I love to walk my dog and I love to engage my, my daughter and my family in that as well. Um, but from a multi-dimensional wellness sort of perspective, I also really love to write music and play piano and have candlelit baths and I won't get into too much detail, but um, yeah, I also I also really enjoy listening to content that you know that I'm responsible for with regards to what I'm teaching or what I'm learning at school, um, and and love to bring that with me. So this morning, for example, I was out on my mountain bike. I went and I did laps around uh, Lakeview while I was listening to an article about case study. So I'll uh, I'll touch on that later, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and to have this conversation with you. That's fantastic. Thanks so much, Lisa. Um, and that's a note to all the viewers that are participating in this session. We are going to have an audio file of this posted. There are not many visuals to it, uh, aside from the first two slides that you saw and two slides to cap us out at the end. So if you want to take care of your own well-being in some way by going for a walk, um, slapping on those cross-country skis and maybe meeting Lisa out on the trails or um, having a bath, doing some cooking or crafting, whatever makes you feel well. Um, we invite you to try that as an option. Listen to our presentation as a podcast and um, see how you can also take care of your own well-being while you're participating. And that's going to be really the crux of our conversation today is how podcasts can um, really be an innovative way for us to continue to learn, but also take care of ourselves at the same time. Um, so with that, the pod class launched earlier this year on January 4th. And from the time of recording, it's been out for a week, which is really exciting for us. Um, and the first series is called Conversations on School Health. It's a collaboration between Everactive Schools and the Workland School of Education at the University of Calgary. Um, fun fact, it is serving the purpose of providing professional learning opportunities for in-service teachers, other interested listeners, but also replacing the lecture content for pre-service teachers who are in their final year of the B.Ed. program at U of C. Um, Elizabeth, as she mentioned, is the course coordinator for this, and I'm hoping that you can talk to us a bit about why podcasts were selected, for this five, uh, Education 551 course and like, what is the course about? What lends itself to being, you know, beneficial for podcasts? Sure. So um, since 2018, this course has been a required course for all BEd students at the UFC. Uh, again, it's called Comprehensive School Health and Wellness. And the course seeks to empower future teachers with the skills and knowledge that will enable them to promote holistic well-being in the school communities that they're joining. Before the podcast um, and the pandemic, this course started with a three-day multi-session conference. It was almost like a mini Shaping the Future where we'd have concurrent sessions. There was a lot of choice where students could decide where they wanted to attend and learn different things about school-based health promotion. And then after that 
mini conference, they would have five weeks where they would attend a 75 minute lecture in like a big lecture hall with all of the secondary ed students or all of the elementary students. And then they would break up into smaller sort of 25 student cohorts um, called labs and get that sort of more um, intimate <laughs> experience for lack of a better word, where they could uh, discuss case studies and how the content could apply to their upcoming field placements. So there were a couple reasons why we thought that trying podcasts in a flipped learning model was especially appropriate for this course. We knew from comprehensive school health research that healthy students are better learners. And as you've mentioned, the auditory nature of podcasts means that people can do another activity while they're listening, whether it's going for a walk or working out or shoveling the snowy outdoors or something more slower paced like um, a hobby or taking a bath. And we really like the idea of kind of allowing everyone to do a little personalized field trip while they were learning the content and giving them a little bit of time to do that because it is a compressed course. It happens really quickly. They're going into their last practicum this year more than ever. It's very stressful. They don't know what that practicum is going to look like if they're going to have to teach online at any point. There's lots of things going on. And so we just wanted to maybe give them something that would help them feel better. And we also had a lot of feedback, um, both informally from the instructors, but also from attendance rates and USRIs that indicated that students were not loving the large lecture experience. It was really hard for us to model that physically interactive way that we were hoping that they would eventually teach in their classes in this lecture theater. Um, and it was hard to develop a connection with the students with, you know, one lecturer and then 150 or so students in the same room. Uh, so we thought that the podcast would allow for almost a more intimate kind of experience. And then again, research is showing that a flipped learning model where students can have the flexibility to learn the lecture content before coming up to class can improve engagement and curiosity in the course and also retention. And so we felt like there were a lot of pedagogical reasons and then also just looking out for the students' well-being that this um, would be a good strategy. And then when the pandemic came, it was like, okay, this, this is actually saving us because the block week conference um, that we historically have done would have been like a contact tracing nightmare. It broke all rules. So it, we originally had planned to just replace the lectures of the course, but then with the pandemic, we realized we have to replace almost half of the course content with these podcasts. So it kind of expanded and accelerated the project. Which I think is like super exciting and like the timeliness of it is pretty incredible. Um, I know that from the Everactive Schools perspective, we were talking a bit about podcasts as an avenue for professional learning and professional development. And you're right, pandemic hits, everyone spends all day, every day on Zoom. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but with all the information that was flying around out there, all the, you know, self-learning you could do now that you were home all the time, the last thing I wanted to do was sit down at a computer more. Um, so I think that that was something that also drew us towards the idea of podcasts is like, oh, you can be outside. <laughs> you can take this for a walk. Um, and yeah, so I think that just the Excel, the pandemic kind of served as an accelerator to, yeah. to like really explore these other options. Yeah, we're recording this in January when people often make New Year's resolutions. I, this is a bold claim, but I'm gonna say it. I don't think anyone has set a resolution that in 2021, I want to spend more time sitting at my computer, right? <laughs> no one. <laughs> so whatever we can do to like give people the chance to accomplish the things that they typically would do on the computer, but in a different way, that's a win for me. Oh, truth. I love it. Um, so then with this course and knowing, Elizabeth, that you are uh, the coordinator for it, um, Lisa and Dana are also lab instructors. I'm wondering if you've heard any response from students yet. Um, what has been some of the feedback? So I can share from um, what I have heard thus far, incredibly positive feedback and reviews so far from the students in my lab. Um, some of them have even listened ahead and they've shared, you know, takeaways and strategies that have sparked new ideas for them and considerations for their teaching practice. 
Um, among the feedback I've heard so far is a really, really clear, almost sense of relief for the change in medium from reading papers and screen time to what we were just talking about. Um, and a lot of gratitude for the opportunity to listen to required content and engage, you know, in meaningfully personal, relevant well-being activities at the same time. So I think that's a welcome shift from what they've been used to. Um, I also think the format of the podcast episodes, you know, lends itself more to sharing stories and experiences, which then leads to practical applications of content, which as teachers and especially new and aspiring teachers is always top of mind. How can we take this back to our classroom? So students have shared, you know, sometimes content can be theoretical. So I think the practical application piece is naturally weaved into a podcast conversation and helps them see how those topics might apply in their own lives and in their own teaching. Yeah, the, I would add that the title Conversations on School Health was very intentional. This was not a recorded lecture. It really was trying to create that podcast experience of a conversation so that students wouldn't feel like, oh, I need to be writing this down <laughs> as they were listening to the conversation, that it was more, you know, okay, let's just learn as we go. My, my uh, research has been in adult learning, so I like to really think about the incidental or sneaky ways that we learn things. That's kind of what I was trying to tap into is if people are curious and engaged, they're going to learn from it. So I can say that I've heard from two students uh, who emailed me directly just to say that they loved the, the podcast so far. And one shared that it was giving her a chance to start a new hobby. Um, the other that she was healing up from something. And so she was just grateful that she could I think it was knitting that she could, that she could do make a little time for. So I loved hearing that. And then we are actually doing sort of informal polls every week in the class. So I can kind of keep track of um, what students are listening to. And one of the questions asked, you know, what are you going to do while you're doing these podcasts? And a lot of people said walking or indoor chores, but some of them had some, there was a sort of other category and some of them were amazing, like Rubik's cubes or, puzzles or archery. Somebody is doing archery while they're listening to the podcast, which I just think is so cool. Um, so, and then the other thing is that I can tell from the numbers that the students are listening to more than just the bare minimum, which to me is like, wow, <laughs> if they're, if they're actually choosing to listen to the content beyond just what was assigned, that that's something that is really encouraging to me. I think that's a major success. Like, especially for university students, I think to go above and beyond what's required by way of consumed content. Um, I think that it's interesting enough for them to want to dive in more, that they see other topics that they're interested in, that there's an episode about that they don't have to listen to, but they can. And that's a great excuse to go for a walk or to get up and move. Um, yeah, that's really encouraging feedback. I'm super thrilled to hear that the uptake has been pretty positive so far. Uh, one thing I was gonna mention too, actually, that just uh, dawned on me. One of my students actually showed up to her first Zoom and he was crocheting. And <laughs> and I think I think we're I think he was inspired by, you know, the idea of, okay, let's rethink about how we are engaging with this material and how we're supporting our wellness and how we're prioritizing our wellness. And so without any prompt or anything, right on, as soon as the video came on, it was like, oh, what are you making it? Hold up this big blanket, I'm like, wow. And you know, like, and, and so he really set the tone. Everybody else was kind of sitting there, but okay, we could be doing this during our Zooms too. Like, how could yeah. we, how could we be, you know, really interacting and supporting our wellness while we're doing this so that we can make the best of the situation. So, it, and we're a week in, like we are <laughs> one week in. So I can hardly wait to see what this looks like at the end of our semester. Anyway. I can hardly wait to it. see what that blanket looks like. Yeah, me <laughs> too. <laughs> That's awesome. Me too. I'll send a picture later. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get his permission. I'll send a picture later. <laughs> I think the other thing that I've enjoyed too um, in listening to the podcast is I get ideas for ways to take care of my well-being from other um, presenters and like interviewees. You know, someone could say that, oh, I really enjoy cooking while I listen to the podcast. It's like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, it just provides that additional um, health by stealth 
kind of opportunity for people that are engaged and involved. It's modeling and permission at the same time. Yeah. yeah I love that. That's, and I just want to also mention something that popped up in that very first survey. I think it was 25% of the students had never listened to a podcast before. So it's also just interesting um, to expose new people to podcasts, <laughs> you know, and it invite them in to it. So I think that's fun. 100%. Um, okay, so talking now about in-service teachers, because this is all, you know, set up in a way to replace lecture content for a pre-service course. Um, but Lisa, I'm wondering if you can speak to your experience as a teacher, you've participated in professional development sessions, some probably mandated, others maybe from your choice. Um, but like, what are your perspectives then on podcasts as a form of PD for someone who is currently teaching and looking for ways to expand their practice? Yeah, so I'm honestly totally in love with this idea and I have been for a while. Um, so I think for in-service teachers, and again, so I spent eight years with the Calgary Board of Education. Um, I think that there's opportunity for, for K-12 students um, perhaps more focused on the secondary level students, um, as well as for the teachers, yeah, as teachers, but for the teachers as people. So, so first with regards to students, um, especially for course subjects where textbooks are available and often textbooks are also available in digital format. Um, opportunity to listen to what we are just so, ingrained with, you know, the, the traditional method of sitting and reading. How can we leverage the technology that we have and the resources that we have around us as K-12 teachers um, to support our students in their wellness as well? So I think there's certainly opportunity there. That being said, um, you know, with regards to social determinants of wellness, to make sure that there's equitable opportunity for students, it's really important to really inspect, you know, we can't assume while many secondary level students or secondary aged students have access to mobile device technology, um, they don't all necessarily have it. So, so looking at the resources around you to see, you know, maybe the library has um, iPads that can be lent out or, you know, what do we have around us to try and leverage this? That's, that's one avenue I see uh, this idea being valuable for, for in-service teachers. Um, the other side of the, the same coin really is, is for the teachers. So Rebecca, like you sort of prompted um, professional development. I mean, I got a lot of professional development um, in the form of here's an article you need to read and everybody on staff had to read it. Well, what if I can be left with my own time and upload that perhaps on some sort of device and take that professional development for a walk? Or how can I listen to podcasts to, to access um, professional development? And, and there's so much content out there and there's so many experts um, who, who communicate their work in the form of podcasts too. So I see that angle. Um, I also, for, from a personal standpoint, as an in-service teacher, I was doing my master's while I was a full-time teacher. And so in, in health and physical education, I was also a full-time uh, coach. And I was also a brand new mother. And I looked at my master's education and all this reading and I was going, okay, how do I, how do I continue to be active daily, which is something that I need to do to be my best me. How do I do that? And, and get all this stuff done. And I thought, okay, well, I, I need to listen to this while I'm going. You know, if, if some of my students can have access to, to technology where they might struggle to read at the level that their classmates uh, read at, you know, there's, there's technology to support that. So I thought there's gotta be an app to, to support, you know, um, where perhaps, I mean, maybe even in a robotic voice, <laughs> something is read to me. And sure enough, when I looked into it, absolutely, there were PDF readers um, where, where you can listen to a reading instead of, instead of sit down and, and physically read it with my eyeballs. So, 
it allowed me to maximize my time. You know, I was listening to audiobooks on my way to work while I was driving in the car. Well, I started listening to my readings. Okay, so now I've opened up time while I'm driving in my car. I've opened up time for opportunity to engage in wellness, however that might look, you know, in a multidimensional fashion. Maybe I have time, more time to spend with my daughter my, and my partner when I'm at home later because I'm not needing to read. I can use that time while I'm driving. But where it really, where it really brought me in was when I thought, well, if I can do it while I'm driving, I can do it while I'm biking, while I'm cross-country skiing, while I'm walking, while I'm, you know, and I have to walk my dog when I get home, whoop, in goes the, the headphone and, and let me listen to this. So um, I, I really believe in, in this as a, as a great opportunity and sort of way of life to support um, in-service teacher wellness as well in, in that regard too. So um, yeah, and applications I've used in case, because sometimes I say that people go, well, what apps do you use? You have to tell me. And I, I don't have any monetary affiliation <laughs> just as a disclaimer, um, but I used to be on iPhone and there's a great app called Natural Reader. And last time I checked, it was, I think it was like a $13 one-time fee and it was the best $13 I spent, I swear in 2016 or whenever that was. Um, it totally worth it, not a super robotic voice, quite easy to listen to. Sometimes it hops over like, oh, HTTP colon slash slash. And you have to listen to some of that <laughs> sort of silly stuff sometimes, but it really gets you the content and, uh, oh, and it's just such a beautiful way to engage with that, um, with that work. And then on Android, I've used at voice. So at symbol voice, which is free. So I really encourage whoever's watching this or listening to this to, to look into that because it, it literally has been really quite life-changing. It is significantly reduced my stress and allowed me to engage in more wellness activities while I'm learning. Oh, that's fantastic. It's like you're creating your own podcast out of Am I? articles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for all the listeners and viewers, we'll make sure to add those two apps into the um, Whova notes for this session um, and also probably attach them wherever this video is being viewed. So you can take a look for them yourselves. Like we said, there's no kickbacks on those. No kick, no. no. <laughs> I thought about it, but no, there's no kickbacks. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, thinking about it now from a teacher and well-being perspective, and you know, Dana, you being an educational consultant with the CBE, um, I'm curious to get your perspectives and you know, what do you see as being benefits of alternative professional development delivery? Um, in the form of podcasts or otherwise, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, I just think it's such an amazing, there's so many different benefits. I just think that the benefit, as this becomes a more popular medium, that's, you know, the benefits are, are going to continue to grow. I think similar to the flipped classroom approach where students engage with the material and instruction outside of class. Um, and then the time together, we can target asking questions and connecting with their teacher. I think the podcast format for PD offers that similar style. So teachers can engage in the content on their own in all these different ways, um, taking care of their own well-being at the same time or during their commute or, you know, as we've talked about completing other tasks. And then when they're together as a school team, they can spend that time debriefing and connecting with each other. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, there's so little time in a PD. Sometimes you get like bursts of time to connect with others and discuss a concept. Um, but this type of format, you know, may invite bonus opportunities to connect and, you know, more intentionally with our colleagues around a shared topic of interest. And, you know, the obvious connection to teacher and staff well-being is that inherent flexibility of podcasts too. So, as I said, you know, listening while you engage um, in beneficial activities, choosing when you engage based on your own schedule and preferences, and then choice built into the podcast that the school teams listen to um, through communities of practice, you know, for example. And that voice and choice itself just offers a boost to our well being. Um, and then you can target different well being themes, uh, which I know Elizabeth can speak to more with 551, um, how that menu came to life in this course. But, 
you know, just creating kind of a menu of options for PD for people to uh, check out. But yeah, I think the, the possibilities are endless and, you know, we'll continue to learn more and more what the benefits are um, in all these different ways. Yeah, I would just add similar to what Dana and Lisa have shared that I think busy adults and teachers definitely fall into that category have more um, extra listening time than they do sitting down and reading or viewing time because you can do something while you're listening, whether it's, you know, doing the dishes or like today I listened to a webinar on how the pandemic is affecting kids today while tidying my house. And I was going upstairs and downstairs and my heart rate was getting up and I, I don't know how I spent that much time tidying, but I did. And by the time I was done, it was great. I had had a little bit of movement. I had learned something new and my house looked good. And I felt like I'd used that time really wisely. And I had absorbed a lot of content. A few times I wrote down, you know, some statistics that I wanted to remember, but otherwise I, I trusted in my ability to absorb what I needed to. And it was just a really good use of my time. So I think there's a lot of potential for podcasts to be the jumping off point for some really meaningful professional development. Yeah, hundred percent. I think too, you know, what Lisa was saying about, you know, listening on a commute, like, well, that's time spent driving anyways, maybe less so as, you know, you tend to work from home a lot more so that commuting time maybe decreases. But um, I find that, the opportunity to either, you know, double up on some tasks. Um, I, I always enjoy that. And I think podcasts to me also presents a form of like, almost like passive kind of learning in that I don't need to be stationed anywhere doing any one thing. Um, so I think that they almost kind of live in their own little interesting space. Like I think that there's absolute, um, absolute benefit to participating in things like workshops and, you know, hands-on learning and those sorts of sessions. But, um, you know, to have the opportunity to also engage with information on our own schedules, on our own time while doing other things that have to be done is I think super important. And to your point too, Elizabeth, um, whenever I'm vacuuming, I like to have things to distract me from the fact that I'm vacuuming. So yeah. I don't need to I be can't... mindful during chores. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I just, yeah, I need to take something to take me out of that. <laughs> so sure. I think you're right. Like podcasts can be a great opportunity for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all three of you have been part of the conversations on school health series uh, through the pod class in one way or another. Um, Elizabeth, you were a real driving force behind it um, in establishing it, setting up a lot of the speakers and content, doing a lot of pre and post production. Um, Dana, Lisa, you were both guests in very wonderful episodes, if I might say, um, and I'd really love to hear each of your experiences with the creation of the series um, and thinking about like, why did you take the opportunity to be involved? What drew you to this um, as a project, as an avenue? Um, what's your why? Well, I've been a really passionate advocate for educator well-being for a long time. So I was really grateful to participate in something where we're like practicing what we teach. <laughs> um, so, you know, the listeners are, and students, um, whoever's listening is encouraged to engage and live well-being practices while they listen. Um, I also love and really appreciate the informal, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that conversational format of podcasts. I just, they provide a more intimate style of connecting. And I also really enjoy that I don't have to watch anything. <laughs> um, I can, you know, just engage my listening skills and imagination and feel like I'm there having a casual chat with the people on the episode. So, you know, that's listening to them myself. And as a guest, it was just a really fun experience to be on the other side. Um, Elizabeth and I have wonderful conversations all the time. So it was just like that with a record button and a mic. Um, so, you know, it was just, it's a really neat opportunity to, to be a part of something like this with pre-service teachers. And I, I just think, again, the possibilities are endless and this is going to grow in popularity in education. So it was an honor to be a part of. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of Elizabeth too. 
So when I got the opportunity to talk about something that I am so passionate about and having, you know, I've, I've, I've been having like sort of side conversations ever since I started listening to content. So when this pod class came up, I was like, yes, we're, and, and like Dana said, right, it is living the work. This is, this is very much embodying everything that we're talking about. And I think that is so critical when you're talking about health promotion and, and you know, that it, that it is lived. I mean, it's, yeah, that's so important. So it really, it spoke to me personally because I, I really felt firsthand the benefits of listening while engaging in, in activities or behavior that supported my wellness. And I saw this as like an institutionally established opportunity for all students in the faculty. Like it's just, I think it's, um, yeah, and huge kudos to Elizabeth um, that, uh, yeah. Where's my clap emoji on my screen here? I got I'm one, I know I do. Yay, I'm liking the direction Elizabeth. of this question. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was a no brainer for me. I was just so honored to, uh, to partake in the conversation. Aw, thank you guys. <laughs> it was great to have both of you. I knew that I wanted both of you on the show from the very beginning because you are experts and easy to talk to. We always have good conversations. So I think that's really important. But I guess uh, just to explain why I was um, motivated to do this project or inspired to do this project, I loved the idea of coming up with something that was engaging and different for the students and letting them see the benefits of a flipped classroom for maybe themselves. Um, it's one way to model that. And I, I don't know, I think part of being a teacher is that you care about your students. And so even though there's like 400 of them, I care about all of them and I want them to, you know, not feel as stressed about going into this field placement that they're going into. I love the idea of freeing up a little bit of time for them to do that. And also the notion of sharing the content beyond the university was really exciting to me because I think this course is really important. And I know that I think we might be the only university that requires this course for a BED. I know comprehensive school health courses are offered in other um, education programs, but I think we are the only one that actually require it. And I just think it's such a strong course that many in-service teachers just didn't have access to ever. And so the idea of sharing this knowledge and the best practices of school-based health promotion with a bigger community was exciting to me. And podcasts are so shareable, you know, there's like just a little icon on your phone and you can just shoot it over to someone else. And I really like that idea of spreading knowledge that's helpful for all school communities this way. That's awesome. And I think back to some of the previous like block week courses and um, the uh, speakers that would come out to do sessions. And I think too, like a really cool benefit is like students would have to choose which sessions they would attend. So if there were two happening at the same time that you wanted to be there for, you could only get the knowledge from one. Um, but having this form, having, I think we've got what, 20, 21 episodes, um, you can listen to all of them, or you can listen to a few that spark your interest. Um, but you don't have to miss out on any content because of scheduling conflicts. Um, and we were also able to grab people from, you know, other parts of the country that, you know, yeah. would never have come to an early January block week course. <laughs> That's such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I spoke to a teacher in Ontario who had won like the prime minister's award of excellence. Like she would not fly out to university of Calgary. So yeah, you're just, it just broadens who you can t bring into your class as a guest speaker. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that speaks also to other podcasts. Um, obviously, we're all big fans of the pod class here, um, but I think just overall as a medium, like you have access as a listener to so much knowledge and experience um, that is all just readily and freely available for you to listen to. Um, and I think that's so exciting um, for anyone that's looking on, you know, expanding their practice as teachers or just, you know, in any other areas of content too. 
Absolutely. That we almost tried to do the course with existing content and we probably could have, but we got the extra funding to be able to make our own, which was really exciting and a dream come true. But there was enough content out there that we would have had something like there are so many podcasts out there. If you are looking to do PD that way, just search your topic and podcast and you'll probably find something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very true. I know also since the launch of the podcast as well, um, there have been some comments on social media of people suggesting new topics and content. So, <laughs> so I think we've got our work cut out <laughs> 2. for 0. us. 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. Here we come. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, so thank you all for sharing that. Um, I think it's always exciting to hear, you know, why people are excited to be involved and um, yeah, what their, what their interests are. So you know, thinking more about your own involvement and motivations for participating in the pod class. Um, what are you hoping listeners gain from the show? Um, aside from or including maybe the things that we've already discussed, um, what do you think pre-service and in-service teachers can take away and bring into their classrooms from the pod class or, you know, from podcasts in general? I'll open this question up to any or all of the three of you. <laughs> Well, I think just thinking of podcasts in general, um, and this is just reiterating things that have kind of already been discussed, but especially since the pandemic started in education, we've really been required to spend even more time than usual engaged with tech and with screens. So podcasts are just such an excellent way to differentiate and expand on learning opportunities and offer a bit of variety and choice um, for both educators and for students. And like Elizabeth said, there's so much content out there already too. Um, so there's, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Chances are good, whatever the topic or PD session or lesson you're building, there's something on the pod class or there's some podcast out there uh, that would be relevant. Or an audiobook. Like if you're or an reading, audiobook, yeah. If you're doing To Kill a Mockingbird, give the students a link to be able to listen to an audiobook so that they can do one chapter reading or one chapter by audiobook and just give them a chance to maybe not be sitting down or on their computers for something. Yeah. And what I think is neat too is that um, you know, I you know, as a as an in-service teacher, I often had guest speakers come into my class. And that was sometimes a headache to organize and, you know, physically bring people in. Well, this is an opportunity to have, you know, the perspectives and, and, and knowledge and lived experiences uh, a variety of people and, and experts, you know, it's right there. Right. So what I hope is that that continues to inspire and explore, you know, how we're accessing knowledge and, you know, perhaps even different ways of understanding knowledge and bringing in those expert voices in in creative ways. That's awesome. Um, I think a common theme that's come up in responses to these questions is having choice. And I'm wondering, uh, maybe Dana, you might be able to speak to this is like just what are some of the benefits of, you know, having agency for, you know, the information or the professional development that we get to seek out? And Mm -hmm. um, I think also to Elizabeth's point for, you know, a book, for example, being able to even choose your medium of consuming that. Um, I'm wondering if you might be able to speak to some of those benefits or, you know, like how that impacts us as individuals. Well, theories of motivation really highlight and emphasize that autonomy piece. And we know, um, you know, that has kind of an upward spiral impact on our well-being and our interactions with each other and in the world. Um, So whenever possible, when we can give ourselves permission uh, to make good choices too, and then offer that for our students as well that it's like a, um, oh, what's the way to say it? It's just, it's mutually beneficial and it's um, a double whammy of benefit, you know? Because <laughs> you feel more motivated to do it because you're making the choice. Um, and then, you know, you, you get that boost of, of well-being and leaning into different conversations and just the ripple effect of having that choice is pretty massive. 
If I can just add to that from the adult learning perspective, um, choices, uh, because often adult learners aren't assigned to do things the way they are when they're in school. Um, and so what really guides our learning as, as adults and as professionals is curiosity and do I need this? And so the choice really allows for that curiosity to be a part of your learning. And as soon as we're curious about something, that's like pouring gasoline on the learning process. Like it just makes it so easy to become engaged and interested in what you're listening to. So if you can choose to listen to something that you're interested in, the learning is really going to be meaningful and durable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a why not sort of aspect to this too. You know, if I am busy doing things in my home, like I'm doing the dishes or I'm cleaning my house, why not? Why not listen to something that can, you know, further my understandings or that I might find useful that I can use in my class? Totally. And I think your comments about, um, you know, teachers and students to um, take Dana's phrase and it kind of, it can also spiral up to then administration and teachers and administration setting professional development goals and giving you know, teachers, the agency to choose and podcast being a cool avenue for that. Um, so I think, I think there's a few different levels and layers to all of the great things we feel about podcast learning. <laughs> well, and how wonderful would it be to see leadership taking on, you know, that sort of approach to say, here's a flexible, meaningful to you, specific to you. What do you see as beneficial? This is time for you that directly aligns with, you know, our school development plan and your goals within your department and, you know, and, and let you sort of own that opportunity. And, and I think that that's something that can, you know, we only know what we know and what we don't know we know. We don't know <laughs> what we don't know. So, I mean, if I approach my principal and say, hey, here's an idea, and they just weren't aware of it in the first place, you know, it's just an opportunity, you know, to have that discussion. And then, yeah, I mean, as much as it can come from top down, it's, I think, fantastic. Awesome. Um, so just having a quick look at the time, um, I think I'll roll into some of our final questions and just ask the three of you if you have any suggestions or final thoughts for people that are watching this presentation or listening to it while they're taking care of their own well-being. Um, any, any suggestions for, um, yeah, any final thoughts? <laughs> I say, I, I'm again, I mean, I'm going to go with the why not, you know, um, I was never, I've, I've always not been into podcasts. I don't know why. And um, this was the first time where I really started, I know, right? S especially with how much, because I'm just busy listening to everything else. No, I, I just- listening to PDFs. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> literally daily. Um, but this, this, is the, this is the first time and, you know, it's so readily available. Why not? So yeah, give, give it a chance. <laughs> Some of my final thoughts. Because it might, it might be something that, that could do wonders for your wellness as well as, you know, offer development professionally. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa. And I would add, like, if you're thinking about incorporating this into your own teaching practice in some way, don't feel like you have to um, create a whole podcast the way we did. It's kind of not the best way to do it. Um, if you don't have the luxury of that time, you know, start small, maybe have an assignment where students can listen to a podcast instead of reading an article, sort of offering that just that option and see what happens. I think we've talked about how the pandemic has increased screen time. I actually heard during the webinar this morning that I paid attention to while I was studying my house that kids um, now have 11 hours extra a week of screen time. That's about 90 minutes a day. So anything that you can do as a teacher, whether the students are right there in front of you or whether you're teaching them online to get them up and moving is great. My high school son, I walked into the living room one day when he was doing zoom school and he was just looking out the window and I was like, what are you doing? And he said, my eyes hurt. School doesn't make me feel good. And he was just like, at least when he was in school, he got to walk down the hallway, but going from zoom to zoom to zoom, basically the whole day, he just didn't like it. Like, I think we can 
try to think of ways to make it more physical and allow them to, you know, move away from the tablet or the computer. He was thrilled when his phys ed teacher had him do a selfie scavenger hunt that got him out of the house to do something different. So I think it requires creativity and maybe looking at other sources, but teachers are the most creative and resourceful people in the world. So I have no doubt that we will figure out as we go better ways to do this. Love it. I second those final thoughts from Lisa and Elizabeth. Um, You know, I really love that just starting small and consider ways you might weave podcasts in as an alternative um, or a choice for students to engage in and then giving ourselves permission to to engage our curiosities in ways that support our well-being through podcasts um, and don't require looking at a screen. Awesome. Um, those are excellent insights. Thank you, everyone. And thank you so much for participating in this panel. Um, it was wonderful to get your perspectives on podcasts as professional learning and also to hear about how it's being put into action and hearing some of those stories. Um, I think that in four weeks' time when the course is over, there are going to be some good lessons learned and I think some good direction to take moving forwards but um, it's cool to hear that the feedback so far has been um, pretty positive and I think you know that gives me hope that there's a lot of other avenues to then incorporate different kinds of learning um, for each of us for students for ourselves as professionals and and beyond um, so for all you viewers and listeners um, you Oh, sorry. There, for all you viewers and listeners, um, yeah, feel free to share your thoughts and ask questions in the session Q&A and the conference app. Um, we'll be taking a look at those and joining in the conversations. Um, also, if you're interested in learning more about the pod class, you can check out the exhibitor listings in the conference app for more details. Uh, the pod class is also available on all major podcasting platforms to listen. Uh, so if you are Android or Apple or other, you can get a hold of us. <laughs> um, also, if you're interested in joining a community of like-minded listeners to discuss, dissect, and debate episodes, um, keep an eye out for on Everactive School's channels of communication as we launch the pod class Extra Credit, which is essentially a book club for podcast listeners. Um, I'd also like to mention that this session is part of the leadership stream um, brought to you by the Canadian Healthy Schools Alliance. Uh, the Alliance is a network of organizations on a mission to promote health and well-being in school communities across Canada. You can visit their website at chsa.org and subscribe to the newsletter. Um, thanks for attending our session. And until next time, pod class panel is dismissed. I think that was good. <laughs> Can we